Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Celtic Now and for our podcast. My name is Ryan Clifford. This podcast this week is really about the it's a bit of change in the podcast. We're going to talk about the financial gap, um, obviously down south and up here in Scotland. And obviously, how's that? It's a big, it's a big thing at the moment, Eddie Howe. Rumored to be obviously closing talks. Again, we don't really know the full deal if it's going to be happening or no, but by the looks of it, it's a goer. Um some information as we've all heard on Twitter and individual stuff, it looks like it could be true. So We'll kick on the night show. We're joined by Robert Boyle again. Robert, how's things, mate? Good, Brian. Thanks. Yourself? How's that, mate? You feeling good? <laughs> Aye. <laughs> well, yeah, I, know. I think it's pushed over the line, I will. <laughs> and we're also joined by Christy Donnelly. Christy, how's things, mate? Aye, good, mate. How are you both? I like good. that, mate. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, mate. Obviously, first time on, uh, Christy. How's, how's things been with you in the last few months? Yeah, it's been not bad. I mean, same as everyone else, really. It's uh, it's just a mental time, and I mean, who'd have thought this time last year would be thinking when can I have a pint in a pub again? It, but you know, I, I'm ticking over. You know, I'm ticking over. It's 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 near the end now, so not so bad. I know you're talking about pints. I know. I think Robert. I think we're craving pints, especially. The vice Celtic have been this season. <laughs> they could have turned it a lot of drinks this season, Ryan. <laughs> but as Christy says, it's getting to the end of the tunnel and hopefully it's getting to the end of the bad season and things are going behind in the background now that we're starting to see on the management front and the director of football. So hopefully when COVID's over and all the shite Celtic's been is over, I now done for us all. <laughs> I hope, I hope, mate. Hopefully, um, obviously we've got Euros coming up, um, and hopefully we can get into stadiums if we can next season. And obviously, whoever the new manager is going to be, if it is Eddie Howe, we can support and can drive the team on. Um, obviously, Christy, you're you're been down south um, for basically yeah. since you were born, I think, mate. So how how does it work with a Celtic fan? How did you get involved? Is it through family, or is it just actually kind of? Basically seeing it everywhere and thinking I want to be a Celtic fan. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was my daddy who was born in Clydebank. Uh, all his side of his family's from from Clydebank as well. So I never really had a choice. You know, it was from the moment I can remember it was Celtic. I know you, I, I hear stories from my dad that he has a few mates and they were trying to put me in Liverpool kits and United kits and stuff like that. But it was it was just always Celtic. I never really had a choice, and I'm glad for it to be honest. 
Because how's, how's it been, obviously, how's it supporting Celtic down south? Like, obviously, you might not get every game or whatever else. Like, and obviously, I don't know if you could be working the weekends, you can't watch the games, but do you feel like you're kind of, how do you, how do you say it? you're kind of away from it? You don't really get as much into it as because you're, you're living down south? Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. It, it's, hard to get, it's hard to get to games, to be honest. There's a bus, actually, that runs from Blackpool straight to Glasgow um, every game, Celtic supporters bus. Um, so, my dad used to take me on that a few times uh, when I was a kid, you know, a lot, of, a lot of drinking, a lot of stuff like that. But obviously, I was just a little boy and just wanted to go and watch Celtic. And then, uh, yeah, so to, to answer your question of... Do I feel a bit out of it? Yeah, it's hard to, especially with the accent as well. As soon as I tell someone I'm a Scott, I'm a Celtic <laughs> fan, they're like, "What? Where does that come from?" So yeah, it's, it's hard, but you know, you watch every game and you support them as much as I can. Really, it's it's, it's tough to get every game. That's, that's quite interesting. You mentioned that Robert that the a boss of Blackpool at again because a lot of people mentioned how far people travel from Ireland. Just shows you that there is some fans down south that can I travel the country to support Celtic. Yeah, Ryan, there's, a, come there's a lot of buses, Ryan. You would you wouldn't believe like there's Celtic clubs all over London, and there's one bus that I see it mostly every home and away game. It's a Coventry Emerald, they're called the Coventry, and they seem to be religiously home and away all over Scotland and Europe to see Celtic. So there's there is loads of buses down South England and all over the country that do follow Celtic and Wales and that as well. So, as I say, when you go abroad, you meet supporters from all around the world, you're, you're gobsmacked, you know what I mean? I met the Strasbourg Celtic Supporters Club in Milan years ago, and I was thinking, you've got all these good teams in France, you've got good teams in Spain, it's just across the border, but they chose Celtic. It's it's funny, it's really, really funny, but I suppose that's why Celtic's such a big club it is, and people do fall in love with Celtic and want to support them. It's a, as you mentioned, mate, it's Celtic, they're a massive industry, they're a massive club, the fan base, it's got everything, I think. Obviously, Chris, you'll maybe know more. Um, is there a, can a lot of Celtic fans run about your area at all, or anybody you know, or is it really like your Man United, your Arsenal's, and even Blackpool fans? Yeah, Blackpool, uh, in Blackpool, to be honest, it's probably more Rangers in Blackpool. Um, so there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a there's a there's a good number of Celtic fans still, but it's usually more more yeah, United, Liverpool's, and then there's obviously loads of black fans uh, as well. I go to a few Blackpool games. Uh, I had a season ticket the uh, the COVID year, um, and that that that's it. That's a good laugh. But yeah, it's it's mainly Blackpool and English teams, and then probably like I said, more more Rangers than Celtic in Blackpool. Because I think I, I think it kind of rings a bell. You've seen kind of a Blackpool support buses, sporting raids and stuff, but. As a, obviously, I don't really know much about down south, the areas that support Celtic. Is there any prominent areas that are, they are mainly Celtic? I don't really know, to be honest with me. It's just so it'd be good to find out. Do you mean like an area in Blackpool? Just in general down south, do you know any areas that are prominently Celtic at all? It's weird. I, I probably would have said, it would be weird, Liverpool probably would be a, a Celtic, a Celtic, you know, because of the Irish. A lot of Irish obviously went there. But then you see a lot of Liverpool Rangers fans because of Gerrard now. So I'm trying to think of, of whereabouts in England, but I, I couldn't even pinpoint one. 
Uh, so, yeah, just, I'm just curious because obviously up and yeah. obviously I don't know how how long you've been away and, but not been back to Glasgow, yeah. but most of the time in it, Robert, you had to support Celtic or Rangers and you might get the odd party Thistle fan or Erdley fan, but it's very prominent in Scotland that you had to support one of the two. It's yeah. very prominent at all. Uh, it is, Ryan, but we've got a lot of people in Glasgow who support Man U and stuff yeah. like that as well, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I'd, when I was growing up, we all seemed to pick an English team for your second team and that varied from Blackburn Rovers to Newcastle to Celtic uh, to Man U to Chelsea to Arsenal and I always loved Arsenal when I was a wee boy even though they were the boring Arsenal and then as I got older I found that Rangers had shares in them and I just cut all ties with them it's sad as I, I did I went you can't support two teams like no. Oh. I used to take my cousin. You can't support two teams because they were right big Man U fans, my cousins, and Celtic. And I says to him, he's need to pick one because he always wanted to get into Man U games and stuff. So I used to wind them up and say he could only pick one. But see you on that, Christy. See your very first time going to Celtic Park. What can you remember about it? And was it a lasting memory? And did obviously its nickname is Paradise. Did you feel yeah. Paradise? Yeah. Uh, the first game. I'm pretty sure was the Anderlecht in the Champions League, and I think it was when did Liam Miller score? Yes, yeah. Um, it's just just coming out of the coming out and seeing the pitch, and I, I must have been four or five years old, and just remember thinking, "Oh my god, I can't believe what I was seeing," you know. You're getting all the kits when you're younger, and when you've—I actually remember the day because it was—it would have been a Champions League. I remember getting pulled out of school by my dad, probably at about eleven in the morning, and just being like, you know, so excited to, to finally get in there. And then when you get there, it's something else. I mean, I always say to people, you know, people my age, English, get to Celtic Park on a European night, and that is—that is an atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. Because she, when you mentioned that, obviously, as you as you mentioned before, you came on down south to call it a pub league and Celtic yeah. Rangers and this and that. But as you mentioned, lot some of the English teams down south have never have European nights at Celtic. Have they don't have, as you say, the lights and a Tuesday night freezing cold, the lights, the music, and we as a Celtic fans, we know how good it is and how good it can be, and it drives the team forward. Just like obviously coming from down south, and you've obviously you've seen your Man United, your Man News, and whatever. The atmosphere, as you mentioned, it doesn't compare to a lot of teams in the world. No, it doesn't. It doesn't compare, especially in England. I mean, I'm trying to think of a of the best English atmosphere. They, they say a Liverpool, but I just, it's just nothing compared to to Celtic, is it? I mean, I've been to uh, trying to think Man United. It's not great. It's, that's the thing with, with the Premier League. The SPL, the SPFL gets called a pub league. But what I love about it is it's so passionate and it's proper football. And then you look at the Premier League, which is apparently the best league in the world. So much talent, but just a tourist league. And, and everyone admits it as well. There's absolutely no atmosphere. Teams like Southampton and just nothing teams. Norwich coming up every year. It's, that's why I love Scottish football because everyone hates each other. It's proper football, proper fans, and just nothing like the Premier League. 
I think I think you've kind of had it. for me. You've hit the nail on the head because yeah. I I think Celtic even Rangers as much as we don't want to speak about it here. That their atmosphere is good, and uh, when you look at the match, obviously I've been to I've been to one or two English games, um, but most of the time it's matches there, Robert, in it, and you see the games on Sky. And like the thing that gets me, Robert, is the derby games. Aye, there might be big games, but they bum them up the full week. And it's nothing each draws, and they're all, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, no, yeah. that, that, that can't happen. And yeah. it, Robert, it's very, it, it's not a derby match. A derby match is fighting in the tunnels. And that, for me, it's just, that's my take on it. It's, for me, a derby game has got to be rough and ready, tackles. Obviously, during the moment, COVID, the Celtic Rangers games up here have not been as far as the fans are there. But in general, Robert, it's up here, it's, it's a derby match. It's, it's a, as a derby. See when they were saying to give them a guard of honour, right? That that was just driven English media, as far as I was concerned. Yeah, yeah that's it was. what it was. And why take that raw passion and hatred and whatever out of it? Because it then becomes a man you man city where these players go and hug each other at the end of the game as if they're playing with their mates out the back garden. You know yeah. what I mean? That's meant to be a big derby, man you man city. And then after the game, you see. John Stones and I can't remember who else but they were hugging after the game and talking and I was saying if that went and happened at the Celtic and Rangers games then it would be gone there wouldn't be anything worth really watching after that would it it would be it's taking the right path excitement out of the game I don't I want them to fly into tackles hate each other see if they speak after the park that's fair enough maybe each, yeah. meet each other in a coffee shop but for that game and that 90 minutes and Everything that surrounds it, it should be just total derby fever, hatred, flying in tackles, yellow cards, Scott Brown giving them the death stare. Just just do what it is. It's known yeah. worldwide for being the best derby in the world, supposedly. We would say it is, but other people might not say it. And that's you don't want to change that in football. It's like Boca Juniors and River Plate, probably a wee bit different kettle of fish, but it's the passion and the raw hatred in it that people go I want to watch it you would mm. you couldn't go and watch a Celtic Rangers game after hugging and gaining each other's guard of honour could you could you imagine the, could, you imagine, could you imagine the picture of the guard of honour that would just absolutely ruin it that yeah, would just definitely. end of the old firm it, it just it doesn't make sense to me but I just thought that was driven by English media yeah yeah um, it was just, never it was never it was never a thing they don't understand it until they've been no. up here, experienced it and played in it, that's the only way they would know exactly what it meant. I mean, you can imagine people who's given their all to this probably don't, doesn't talk to their other half, their family, whatever, and yeah. then they walk out and there's a guard of honour and you were in that stadium. The booze would bring in the stadium and there'd be scarves flung onto the pitch. Obviously, yeah. they can't COVID times, but yeah. it just, let it be what yeah. it is. What one of the one of the best stories of the old firm I, I love, I, th- I think it's Barry Ferguson, and he said he looked up into the crowd, and it was his father-in-law or something going, giving him all that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it's all about. That's what yeah. it's all about. No, definitely, it's it's definitely up here. It's it's not, it's not the pinnacle of your season, but I don't know what it's like down south. Does it ever get hyped up or anything? But up here. As soon as the Monday comes, it's Monday in the paper, the back papers, the front papers, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, social media is hyped up, your banter with your pals, your group chats are all flying, 
we, we got to do this, we got to do that. And then it gets to, I'm, I don't really get nervous in the games. I'm always confident Celtic are going to win. No matter how bad they've played, I'm right. always confident. Ah, you get a wee butterfly and you're right, and, yeah. and I'm not that. But I don't really get nervous. Um, during the game, I'm like, you're kicking every ball. But is uh, the media hype down south, Any does he get any recognition at all? It's not, it's not money to the kickoff like it probably is in Glasgow. I can imagine it being that that the Derby week is is somewhere else. I can imagine, but down there, it, it gets a bit. It gets a bit. It, I mean, even even Sky Sports they don't even present it. Well, I mean, it's it's adverts here and there in the, in the in the week, and then it's a fifteen minute. Uh, start up and then the game's going. I, I, I want, I want all morning coverage. I want all yeah. morning coverage. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's it's not it's not great for for hyping it up. They hype the they hype Burnley against Stoke more than they do Celtic versus Rangers. Put it that way. Yeah, because I think the biggest. Oh, I was going to say there. She like the biggest kind of the biggest thing for me is. It kind of shows you again, like Sky Sports, as you mentioned. I can remember when BT, Robert. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you watched the game, Christy. It was a final, I think, recently. Might have had a year ago or two. Yeah, and it was it was all morning. Ah, and the show. It was a cut fight. I think one. I'm sure it was one with Julian. Maybe he scored. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. The full morning, and that was. I was in Tenerife that day, so I was in a hot cut. So, but it was a full coverage, and it was brilliant. And but Sky, as you says. It's 15 yeah. minutes here and there. And see the thing as well, see even the recent game, the it was about 45 minutes of coverage of Rangers. I'm like, Celtic are the home team. Yeah. Speaking about Celtic, Celtic are the home team. Fair enough, you need to talk about the both teams, but you'd have think it was all about Rangers. I understand they won the league for the first time in whatever, but there's two teams here. And I think, and I don't know what it's like down south again, but me and Robert spoke about it before, and I think many Celtic fans know that the media is always one size driven, and it, I, I don't think that will ever change. No, um, yeah, like you said, I, I was I was gutted when BT lost the rights. To be honest, because I loved that you know the the, the lineup they had. Uh, Chris Sutton, as much as Chris Sutton does like to wind them up, he, he, he bigs. He's one of the only English pundits that bigs up the Scottish game. So mm. as far as I'm concerned, he was he was a good man for that. And then yeah, McCoy, who's who's Obviously, ex Rangers, but still, still, still good at speaking about both teams. And and then now it's Sky Sports. Who is it? Chris Boyd, uh, Chris Commons. Who? Yeah. Can they find someone better than them two? <laughs> yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I uh, the coverage isn't the best, and I think a lot of people are happy with it because obviously. You're getting that coverage and then the way Celtic's coverage has been this season with the pass and stuff, it's not been the best and you're kind of paying your money through two of them and no getting what Celtic call the added value. You're not even getting that with Sky Sports. But I think in general, I think, see like as well, like obviously Eddie Howe rumours are coming up now. Um, no real rumours, it's kind of what it looks at. It's maybe going to be set, set in stone. How... See like, I don't know if you've seen much of Eddie Howe down south, I've heard about him, which people's thoughts, but Obviously, the rumours have started the last few days more than they have been. Has there been any kind of, kind of mummers about his appointment down south? Any views on it at all? Well, yeah, I mean, I think his name was touted as, as soon as Lennon was gone, really. And 
he was probably my first first choice from the get go, and obviously there's more. But I mean, in terms of Eddie Howe, the manager, um, the job he did at Bournemouth, because you have to you have to realise Bournemouth, the, the, the it's like twelve thousand stadium, they were a League One, League Two club, and he got them right from the bottom right to the top. Um, in a short space of time on a low budget. And I think he was even, I think when he got Bournemouth to the Premier League, he was in the conversation for the England manager when it was the, when it was Southgate. It was either going to be our or Southgate. And I still think, to be honest, he'll probably become England manager in the future. He's kind of, um, he's kind of that kind of mould, you know. And I think he's perfect for Celtic, one is no affiliation to Celtic, which is something I wanted because I'm gone of the days of the Pals Act, you know, ex-Celtic man. I think I think we can need to, need to stay clear of that. Um, he's young, he's ambitious. Um, and recently, I've been watching videos on YouTube, and I don't know if you've seen him the, the the training videos and the way he talks. He's 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 just got such a passion for the game, and I just think he's. He's perfect, perfect for the job. I'm an absolute buzzing if we get him. I think me, me and Robert have kind of spoken about him before on the podcast, and I don't know about him saying how he was my always my and Robert was obviously saying he would ideal world he'd be his first choice, but obviously Michael Neal just well just target guys who we think maybe would do a good job under a budget and stuff. But um, for me, he's been as I say, if you listen to the podcast, guys who listen to it, he's been on my Christmas card list for a few months now. I've said for day one, I think as soon as Kind of, the rumours were kind of touted maybe really about November and December were getting heavier and I, we spoke about it how it'd been a perfect fit um, as you mentioned the YouTube videos I've watched them myself obviously we're doing the podcast and just in general because I'm not playing football anymore I'm looking more into coaching side and he's just I think well, it's just the fact that he's, he's he might have no he's won the odd trophy with Bournemouth he's got them up with a budget obviously he spent a bit of dough in the Premier League but compared to a lot of other clubs it's nothing really um, for me I think he's got the just everything about him, the way he talks, as Christy says, he's he, he tactics he makes, he's a lot of goals, but we know we're going to get entertainment value off him. Yeah. Uh, what I like is he's took a year out of football. He's probably looked at all different scenarios and different ways of doing things because he can sit back, no being the manager that's stuck in a bubble, he can go back sit in the studios, watching the English games, watching lower leagues, he can watch everything from far afield. And he, if he becomes a select manager, in his head, he will know it's the right time. He's refreshed, he's ready for a new challenge, and he'll probably come in with great new ideas. Because I think, in any job in the world, if you're doing something long enough, you just kind of get stuck in some sort of rut in, in that way. Whereas... Sometimes to take a refresh start at anything, it's good, it's refreshing. And I think he's the right age because select job is a very, very hard job. It's 24-7, as practically it is. And I think if he does come in, I'd like to see him bring his own men in. Nene is John Kennedy, Nene Laptop Boy, Nene that. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, and... Nick Cavan's away now as well, which is another, I feel, to me, it's another jigsaw that wasn't fitting into any puzzles that had to go. And I'm hopeful that 
there's a new guy in, there's a new scout in, new director of football, whoever it may be, it comes, it's got to be all through Eddie, Eddie Howe's way of thinking and Dominic McKay's. And I just feel, get the ball in motion, everything starts going right, then it gives us a chance to at least identify players and a young, fresh youth approach to things and a new way of thinking because I feel the old way done is a lot of good ways, a lot of good, but near the end, it done a bit, a lot of, well, I wouldn't say a bit, it done a lot of damage, I felt, in the end. Um, and I just feel that script need ripped up and restarted. And if Eddie Howe's the manager, then I'm all for it and delighted because I think, as Christy said, he's no affiliation with Celtic. And he'll come in there and say, I do a job with Brendan Rodgers. I'll be in the limelight again. It, apparently, he's not back to English clubs already. I've heard one with Sheffield United. Just read it on Twitter. It was a Sheffield United article on it. Um, I don't know the other Premier League club, but for me, that's great that he's now looking at Celtic and realising Celtic's such a big club if he's what I talk to Celtic and he's not back to Premier League clubs. So... It's all hopeful and good from what I'm reading and seeing. Is that, I don't know if it's something you agree with as well, Christy, that he's a lot, for me, if I'm any Celtic fan, obviously we've all got opinions, that's why we love football, but um, how people can maybe turn their nose up at him, I find it very hard to kind of believe because people say he's no had European experience, blah, blah, but when Ben Rogers came to Celtic, he'd done a day much Europe with Liverpool and whatever else. He'd done OK at Swansea. He'd done decent at Liverpool, so take my hat after him. He was amazing at Liverpool. Mm. But for me, um, as you mentioned, you watch, just watched them on YouTube. And you, I, I, I can remember the other day I watched, the, I watched the game back where they beat Chelsea. And everything he says in it, they've done the tactics and everything. I think he, he knows what he's doing tactically. I, we, might get, we might lose two goals that game, but we know we're going to get the added value that he's going to attack, attack. And that's what, for me, Christy, Shelts all about is attacking, flying, flying fullbacks, flying wires and getting the balls in the box. Yeah. Yeah, he's... he's, he's uh, I know the video on about the, the, the tactic, but I mean, mm. like I said, the way he speaks, you just... Just from him speaking, you buy into it. Um, I just think he's perfect. I mean, like you say, some of the, some of the football... This season under Lennon, it's like a nightmare fuel in it, and you just need you just need someone to come in, completely change the um, the mentality of the team, just like Rogers did, and there it, it's sort of a mirror image of Rogers, bar bar the fact he, he managed Liverpool. You know, they both got teams up. So got, uh, Rogers got Swansea up. Uh, How got Bournemouth up? Kept them there playing good football, good attacking football, um, and then both obviously left left them jobs, and the stock was quite low. And you see how good Rodgers was. I just think it's it's uh, it's, uh, it's a perfect fit because it's similar for me. It's, it's, a, it's somewhat in maybe the rebuild when obviously Martin O'Neill came in. Um, obviously, I was a wee bit younger, but you remember it, and you can uh, you can uh, look at obviously. Yeah. The how the team was when um obviously uh O'Neill came in the year before we didn't do very well. It's a similar kind of aspect at the moment. I think he's going to come in and totally transform us. I think as him uh, as a uh, by all accounts, he's no signed yet. So until um he's got yeah. a 
he's got a, a scar for him and for me, but I think, as you say, I think he's the perfect candidate in my opinion. Um, and I think, as you mentioned, about the job he got down Bournemouth, um, I think they were kind of always punching above their weight in a way. Um, oh, I've, yeah. I've kind of looked at, obviously, there's a there was a Celtic page on Twitter and they were talking about the tactics and what he does and stuff. And you kind of look at that and you realise how kind of, I, you might have spent a lot of money, but compared yeah. to other clubs, it's still really a lot of money compared to, as you mentioned, your cities, your Arsenal, even Arsenal, who are struggling for money. But I think, just as you mentioned, when he speaks, you respect what he speaks. You can know, listen, he's from the Rogers mould. He's softly spoken, but you yeah. listen and you engage. And I think that's not yeah. going to benefit the players if he does come in. Yeah, yeah, like I said, the way he speaks, I'll bang on it again. It, it's so similar to Rogers. The, the way Rogers was, and I know obviously left a sour taste in everyone's mouth the way he left but he's a, he's probably one of the best managers in the in the in the Premier League now and what what I loved about Rogers was every single interview post match pre match he seemed to just say exactly the right thing he never lost his head like some others would do you know he was just so professional and never never let the guard slip if you know what I mean and um and Eddie Howe seems exactly the same as that. So, excited for closing. This is, hopefully, um, by all accounts, it's, it's announced soon. But yeah. obviously, they're talking about Roy Keane, and we spoke about that before. For me, I, don't, I generally don't think Roy Keane was ever, in, in, no. was ever getting offered a job. I don't think he even spoke to. Um, they might have made a wee phone call or anything, but I generally don't think he was, he was really, really going to be considered. Um, again, like, I don't know how... The bookies market goes. You put a ten on it, could put them for thirty, thirty-one, twenty-one. It's just yeah. You, you never really believe the bookies odds. Um, but for me, the main candidates obviously there were a how supposedly keen the uh, Jesse Marsh and guys like that. Benitez has always spoken about linked. But for yeah. me, Eddie Howe's as soon as I knew he was, he's kind of interested and he was free. For me, it was it's kind of a no-brainer, and it's not really, yeah. it's, people going to say it's a gamble. For me, it's not a gamble. Um, he's got Premier League experience, Premier League stand. I know we've had Tony Mowbray and stuff like that, but I think Tony mm-hmm. Mowbray was maybe maybe a good guy at the right time and maybe the backroom staff is maybe getting involved too much. But for me, Eddie Howe, if he does come, um, he's obviously yeah. going to come with assurances that he's going to get back, he's going to get his own staff, because a guy like him, in my opinion, wouldn't come if he wasn't going to get the final say. No, that's what I mean. And obviously with Loyal going as well, he, he was obviously doing things behind the scenes with Rodgers and that went sour quickly. I think that was two big egos clashing. And I just think the guy coming in, if it's if it's how, um, needs full control, doesn't need someone in my ear, someone in that ear. Director of football, Eddie Howe, if it's Eddie Howe, and let them work out, you know, they get their players. I don't want to hear... Oh, he bought him, he bought him, that's not my signing. I want full control, which I think Eddie Howe will demand, to be honest. Um, and yeah, like I say, I can't I can't praise him enough for the job he did at Bournemouth. It 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 goes it goes unnoticed just because of how badly it went at the end and the players started to chuck it. I mean, you say, you know, he, people say when he started to get money, he started to buy more bad than more good. But I mean, some of the players, I mean, he bought Callum Wilson, who ended up going for 
15, 20 million, uh, Ake to City, all them for for virtually nothing. And there was more as well off the top of my head. I can't can't quite remember, but he's um that's what impressed me. He had an eye for a player on a tight budget, which with if the money's tight next year, you might have to do. The thing is, well, we like for me, people might say it's no, but it's kind of a wee bit of a blockbuster appointment. If so, yeah. um, I think it's I think it's a bit of a blockbuster, and I think as he says, when he talks, he's respectful, as in the players all respect him, um, and I think guys like obviously. Edward, Ayer, these guys might be thinking about going. Maybe a guy like him came in. Again, we don't know what money may get, uh, get thrown at Ayer and Edward for transfer fees, if possible. Yeah. Um, but I think a guy like that could maybe speak to one-to-one and say, maybe if it is Ayer and Edward, listen, stay with me a year, start the rebuild, I'll give you a two-year deal, maybe an extra thing in the week. And if yeah. you do really, really well, we'll try and get you a bigger move next year. I'm just trying to think of ways where you can maybe try and build the team instead of as much as obviously Scott Brown's leaving, um, so as a bit of the start of the rebuild, as much as we need a full rebuild, and we've not done that well, players have underperformed, you don't really want to get rid of the full squad because in the no, day, no. there's still, you need to keep, I've spoken about before, again, Barkas, we don't know, for me, I'm going to, my personal opinion is Scott Bain's not good enough, it's just my no. personal opinion. I'm willing to give a new manager and my barcast to another, another pre-season to get in and because I've seen him with AK Athens and Champions League, blah, blah, blah. He plays with Greece. The guy can't be, for me, it's just my opinion, the guy can't be a bad goalkeeper. So I'm willing to give him time. I'm willing to give a yet another pre-season to see how he gets fit. If, he's, if, I, if he suits Eddie Howe's style of play, we're getting wires involved. Because as you mentioned as well, he plays quick football and we've missed James Forrest. So, we don't know if having James Forrest, he can maybe do what he done with Ryan Fraser at Bournemouth yeah, and get yeah, him playing the yeah, yeah. So for me, I think it's it's only going to be a, a very, very positive, in my opinion, appointment. It's not going to be a gamble. No, it's like I say, he's that type of good man manager from what I've seen anyway. He'll, I mean, people forget how good Callum McGregor was a couple of years ago under Rodgers. He was, in my opinion, I think he's the best midfielder of Scotland on his day. Under a new manager, he could blossom. Um, like I say, Yeti, I'm, I'm, um, I'm quite a big fan of Yeti. I think he's got quite a, a tough time. Obviously, he's he's not been fit a lot of the time, and I don't know how that's affected him. But he's he's a penalty box striker, um, and we've not played to strength at all, at all all year. And there's been a few others, like I said. If he's Greece's number one and played in the Champions League and bought for five million pounds, he's not he's not going to be a crap goalkeeper, is he? He's, there's obviously something there. He just looks shot. His confidence looks shot to pieces. Um, and 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 how can you blame him? I mean, Lennon was coming out and saying he's my number one, and then dropping in a week after, you know, a guy from Greece coming in and and the manager saying now you're number one, now you dropped. He's bound to mess your head. So there's a lot of plays in that squad that. That, that could well be here next year that a lot of people have written off. Because as you mentioned about a Yeti, for me, um, for me, a Yeti, when he first came in, he, he looked, he, to me, he, he, I've always said, he, he reminds me of a battle at Hooper, um, yeah. that stature. Um, he, might, he might run the odd channel, but for me, you've got, he's a penalty box striker. Um, I've seen him playing with Basel. 
he, he, I think he got 20, 28 goals or something in a season with Basel playing well. I knew he wide. Again, I knew he another player. I rate him very highly, um, but I don't, I, it's, it's not really obviously based on the managers, but I really don't know where his best position is. But that's obviously doing it. If, if he stays next year again, as you say, money could be tight. We don't know how we're going to sell, who's going to come in, but I think a guy like him could, could if he does stay on, um, be, if it is Eddie Howe with a attacking play, it's another guy that could could be very positive under a new manager. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw videos of Yeti, uh, Yeti at Basel and all of his goals, the ball's coming into the box, he looks great in the air and not once did I see a Celtic player put that ball right in his head all season. Um, so, to me, he's, um, if he can recapture his form of of his time at Basel, obviously he had a hard time at West Ham, but it's um, like I said, under new manager, these players blossom. Mm-hmm. I, I think players like Callum McGregor, and if he said if if you can keep it, it even just one of Ayer and Edward and get a bit of money for one of them and keep keep the other, um, that's a bonus. That's a bonus. I as for me as anyway. Um, I don't know where you make it, all, but obviously if it is how um, to come in, guys like obviously for me, Christy. I'm willing to if Christy if yeah a good offer for me I would maybe I would maybe right on you go mate but um, guys like Eddie and I are maybe how the blockbuster name could maybe persuade him to stay in our season maybe get another eighteen month contract two year right stay here for a season help me through the rebuild and I and I might get you next year if you if you get his lead because for me obviously I'm no one near shoes but if you can out can losing the league. You might know you might not be getting out the kind of the best opportunity. You might not be your value might not be really intact. But if Edward stays next year, gets 35, 40 goals at the full season, whatever it is, can I whatever just have a better season, his stock might go higher and he might get a better club and he might be a new because for me, you might the new you might get a Brighton, you might get a West Ham or something, but another good season, try and maybe qualify for the Champions League. It could be a, it could be a, maybe a better angle from to go next season, but I'm just saying that to maybe a Celtic fan to keep him. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Ryan, my battery died there. Um, I had to get it back on there. Um, there's there's so many questions to say. What players are going to stay? What players are going to go? Um, we can't have a big massive fire sale. Um, I'm hoping now. It's obviously got to be John Kennedy at the end of the season, isn't it? So Eddie Howe can then start, if it's going to be Eddie Howe the manager, is then can start assessing the squad. Um, I mean, they could go in and look at training and that for stuff, look at players, and he can assess it for now at the end of the season because there's no much you can do now at the end of the season anyway. And then he can then look at what he needs to identify and maybe speak to players out with like training and games and say, what, what's your thoughts? And meet the squad and say, right, listen, I, I want to know what guys are committed and what guys are they. And I think that's how it will happen. And then Celtic will roughly say, blah, 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 this guy, that guy, and that guy, desperate to go. We reckon we could get the best part of 20 million for the three of them or 25 million. And then they'll say, we need to balance a wee bit of the books and then you'll maybe have a budget, I say 17 million. And then I think... That's where Eddie Howe will maybe go. If it's Eddie Howe, it's no hand guaranteed yet, as we say. 
and then he might go, I need a left back, a defensive mid, a right winger, a left winger, and that's what he might go with. You know what I mean? You, we don't know yet because there's so many players being rumoured to go on leave, so many players out of contact, so many players are getting linked to many people. It's realistically we need the manager and director of football one, and then we can start progressing with all that. Speak to like guys like I think Edwards are definitely, I honestly think he's away in the summer. He scored yes. again. France under 21s the night. He's broke all records at France under 21s. So there's still talent there. He's still a good player. Um, I think Ayer's the one we could persuade to stay another year. Um, maybe give him the captaincy and say, look, one more good season. But there will be probably best part of between four and seven, eight players leaving. Um, it just depends how quickly that will be able to happen. And we don't know what's happening with Fed, Bio, and um, Jack Henry as well. We don't know what's happening with that. Is there buyout clauses in their contact? Is that a definite that they're going to go? They might have to come in and be looked at. It's it's crazy. It's just one massive job. But you obviously, you mentioned about guys um, like Jack Henry and Sheridan and Bio. For me, Bio, again, we've not seen much of him, but he didn't give me the. He didn't give me the butterflies or oh, what a play we've got here. Again, a new manager comes in. It could be all different. Um, Jack Kennedy for me, I'm, I'm forgetting about him. I watched him again against Israel. It was hopeless. It took half at half time. For me, Celtic to the, any any team in Belgium, the standards are different. I understand you've got to go and get games and you make them back and play better. But I just for me, I, I just can't see him at a Celtic centre back. I can't see him making us better in Europe. And I think that's what we need today because... Even, I'm going to lie, I, I'd probably still rather Shane Duffy and Jack Kendry. I've been honest, I know Shane Duffy's had a bad season, but the guy's a captain of Ireland. So for me, I'd rather a captain of Ireland in my team than I would a guy who's not really kicking the ball for Celtic. Um, Shevd, I thought he was going to be a belter. When I seen, oh, obviously, YouTube makes you look good. We know that. Everyone um, that, didn't they? But <laughs> even the game, I think there was a qualifier they scored, there was an absolute belter, a goal, and then he was never to be seen. And I'm like, wait a minute here. We've got a guy who's scored a lot of goals in a top league in Ukraine and he wasn't in one of the best teams and I think he was one of the top goal scorers for, for outside, uh, for left, mid or right mid. So, um, for me, I would give him another chance, Robert, as a better manager. Again, these players could be, uh, Christy, these players could be absolutely sick to how we're treated and when I'm looking back at that club again. Yeah. Uh, we, don't, yes. we don't know what's happening. That's simple. We don't know. Everybody's got a clean slate now. And some players will need to take a chance, like uh, Lee Griffiths, I think, has his hanging by a tooth nail. Um, I think he's had so many chances, and I think Celtic's been good to him, but he's not repaid us the way the clubs repaid him. I mean, he's in 18 and a half grand a week wages. I don't know if many people know that, but to me, that's an astronomical amount of money to be putting it week in, week out for somebody who is... I didn't, I didn't even know that. That's news to me. It's I, awesome. I get, Christy, I get sent it. Yeah. Where's wages? I get sent yeah. it. He was in £18,500 a week on this. It might be wrong, but yeah. that wage he was on and I thought, wow, that's quite a that crazy. massive wage for somebody who's not repaid us this season. No. Maybe next season they might come out and be brilliant. I don't yeah. know depending on what happens. But I think there's just a lot of people there that's probably having the under wages this season. And I think they either owe us or we owe 
to leave the club or to come out and all guns blazing. Even we've still got the Scottish Cup to go. You know what I mean? So I feel we just need the manager in place, the director of football in place, and things just need to get start moving in the right direction and at a speed because the qualifiers will be around the corner as well. <laughs> Talk about qualifiers, as we say, Christy. I'm just I'm getting ready for a big B tournament centre back again. <laughs> There's no point pretending that's not going to happen. We sent her off. Yeah, um, I and obviously you're um, talking about Ayer, Christy. Um, yeah. How's obviously he was rumoured to go to Newcastle and stuff. Eight million pound, I eight million pound for his left ball. Yeah. I mean the guys, the guys yeah. for me came on leaps and bounds this year. Um, I agree with Robert. I think for me, for me, Cam McGregor's no no the successor as a captain. I don't think he's as maybe as he's not that character. I don't think he's the sort of guy that's going to shout. Again, I don't know Renzi Nutsa what he's mm. like to train run, but for me, he's a fan. I think by the looks it, it might be because he's done a lot of the, the interviews and stuff that Scott Brown wasn't doing. So you know, but you, you kind of put two and two together and you think right, he could be the captain next year. Um, but how is it doing south like your McGregor's? Edwards, Ayers, any any thought of any any quality doing south? Yeah, it's a tough one because whenever anyone for Celtic is linked with someone, there's always the question of can they do it? But then I always say more often than not they they have. You know, Van Dyke was the amount of people that were saying, well, what a waste money 70 million was on Van Dyke. Forster went down. He was Southampton's number one for, for a few years. Um probably probably Gary Hooper was one of the only ones that probably didn't quite do it, but I think he had a few problems with injury. But yeah. Like I said it's a tough one because there's always people turning their nose up at that someone from come from Scotland down south, you know, pub league, can they do it? But then I always say, well list off them players one yammer another one they, they've all seemed to do it bar one or two so I think there's a load of load of Celtic players I think that can that can come down south and, and do well because for me I think Robert I don't know if Robert will echo the same opinion maybe but I generally think Edward could play for any team in England any yeah. team Man City Arsenal Man United anybody I, I really rate the guy I think he's he supposed had a bad season and he scored 20 odd goals. I think, oh, and he scored, I think, including games for France and I think it's 20 yeah. odd eight goals or something. Oh, and, and that's him having COVID. He's no played yeah. some part through injury. Yeah. So for me, the guy, I know we've kind of been crit- criticised him. It's still critical. It's critical because of what the standard we set. Yeah. But see if you maybe look at his, uh, obviously I have not got the data to prove it, but see if you maybe look at his data, his data is probably still really good. Um, yeah. He's finished again the night, as Robert mentioned. What a finish. But we have, for us, that's not a surprise. Um, but I generally think that he could definitely play for guys like Man City, Arsenal, Leicester. I, I, I think he's better than some of the guys at that level, in my opinion. I, I don't know what you think of the players down south, but I think he could definitely fit into the teams 100%. Yeah, I think, I think the Edward of, of last season, just coming into the COVID, I think mean, that's the best I've seen him. You know, he's, um, his touch is unbelievable. I love a striker with a great first touch. And you, you see, you wrap a ball into him and he'll just take it. I love his, how he takes it on the half turn. And yeah, I think he can play. I think, to be honest, I think Rodgers might come sniffing in for him at, at Leicester. I mean, I'm sure he said he was one of the best young players he's worked with or something like that. So 
I could see him coming in for him um, with, with obviously Jamie Vardy getting a bit older. Um, I, I could see that happening. But uh, to be honest, I think he could probably play higher than that. I think, I, I know we've spoken about him now, but again, how he, he might have not had the best of seasons, but still to score 20 old goals and considering we're not playing that best, uh, playing that good this season, I think he's he is just going to go into bigger things. For me, right, Edward, there's only three teams he wouldn't get a game with down in England. It's Liverpool, Man City, and Man U. He's getting at Spurs, Neighbourer, Leicester, West Ham, Newcastle, yeah. Crystal Palace. He's better than all their strikers out with their three teams. The only reason I'd say, man, you have Cavani and Martial, right? Liverpool have the three amigos, brilliant mm. front three, and um, Big Arigis. I don't know, he's, he's all right, you know what I mean? But he probably, he's probably better than Origi for what I've seen. I might be wrong. I might be talking absolute shit. That's just my opinion. Oh, you've got at Man City, you've got Aguero and Jesus, and they don't even need to play with a striker sometimes. Man City, they just play with a um, false 10 or a 9 or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I, it all depends, obviously, but I think, as Christy says, he's perfect for Rodgers to go in at Leicester because Vardy's worth 34 now. Yeah, started to be injuries. But what I've liked with Rodgers is any actual has started hitting a bit of form down there under Rodgers. And I feel every player that goes with Rodgers, no every player, but 95% improve as players. Yeah. And I think he knows what Edward's all about. He knows if he gets mm-hmm. him down there. In Scotland, it's hard for Edward with his great touch and his silky skills because sometimes he's playing against a back five or a back four, solid defence. Down there, he, he's on one-on-one with some of these players. He'll exploit them and turn them inside out because there's some average defenders down there and he will score goals. And the way Rodgers plays, the counter-attack with Edward as a number nine, I think it would work a treat. And at 25, 20 million, it's a total steal in this modern day. Because you look at Newcastle signed that boy, Jolotin, Jolotin, whatever he is, they paid £40 million for him. Yeah. And and I think if that's the sort of money they're paying for a guy like that, Edward is a total steal. And Benteke at 32 million for Crystal Palace as well. 25 million in the Premier League is absolutely nothing. And I think Rogers would quite happily snap your hand after it at that. I think that's his perfect team he should go to, is Leicester. They're going to be a Champions League team next season as well. Yeah. No, I, I can agree. I, 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 I want to say that he would start for the three, but he, he could definitely end the squad. Um, I don't give a start for Liverpool as you mentioned day three um, but I, I don't want him to go but I think Christy I think I agree with Robert that maybe his time has come to an end with the rebuild and I think maybe some of the money we'd, if we do get it from him it'll, it'll kind of aid a newer kind of transfer window yeah like, like I, was saying, I, was, I was saying Leicester but I, I'd absolutely hate it if he went to any any team you know what I mean I, I, I love the guy I mean like I said, the back end of last year, there was always comparisons with him and Dembele. And that was actually sad that he never really got to see them two properly playing as a mm-hmm. two together. I think that would have been that would have been some partnership. Um so yeah, I think I think maybe he's 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 run his cycle. I mean the only thing I, I think that we might get 
a bit more than everyone thinks because we paid quite a lot. I mean, uh, it was 25 million or maybe 20 for Dembele, but we only paid six, 700 grand for him. So the fact we paid, I think it was close to nine million or something like that, wasn't it, for Fredward? Might that might bump his price up, but like to say, money's money short all over football now, so who knows what could go for. Because obviously he says as money's short and stuff, but as we spoke mm-hmm. about, the money down south is never going to be short, obviously with Sky and other yeah. other things. Um, which obviously we don't stay down south, so we don't know the actual the thoughts are, um, what it's like of England and obviously Celtic and obviously as it's called a public. How how do you think the financial gap really does affect us, especially when it comes to buying players? Yeah, it's massive. I mean, there's like like you've all been saying the amount of money that every single team, and not even just the Premier League, some of the Championship teams, they're spending 40, 50 million a summer on players, and then well. He says it all Celtic's record signing is probably Edward at nine million. You, so, you could buy anyone for nine million in the Premier League. You throw away nothing. The, the, the gap is so big for for finance, and you see it in in Europe. I mean, I was watching uh, what was it now? An old Celtic European night, and and the commentary said they'd not been beaten. At Celtic Park for ten years or something. Actually, teams like when PSG came a couple of years ago, they spent two hundred million on Neymar, one hundred fifty on Mbappe. You can't you can't compare with with teams in Europe now with money. There's 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 no money in Scotland, and and English Premier League just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and probably likely the gap's going to get bigger. Because it's true, obviously, what you mentioned there, Christy, do it. When we spoke to William um, on the podcast before, Robert, he even says he thinks that Celtic Rangers might be looking at League One players soon because the financial gaps it's that poor. That's definitely, I, I can see that. I even reckon if it still keeps going, it could be confidence teams that you're looking at for players. It's like this is this is how massive the the difference is to win the Scottish Premier League. You get three point five million for a game in England. They're averaging ten million pound for Sky. That to me is just astronomical. It's like if we don't compete in Europe, then the source of income is really for the fans. Because winning the Scottish League, you get a million pound for winning the Scottish Cup. So you've got the best part of five hundred, six hundred grand for winning the League Cup. So to win the treble in Scotland, you're really realistically only getting five million pound to win the treble and that for winning three trophies at any level is quite poor if you ask me I don't think that's really great um, obviously they were not fans and whatever else I but for such a big club at Celtic I mean even the Dutch leagues now talk about merging with the Belgian league to make it a bigger attraction to get more money I don't know if we will maybe need to look at there's talk about maybe going to the lower leagues in France, like France, and try to merge with them. I don't know even if they've done like a British Cup or something, or maybe yeah. even Ireland and Wales coming into the Scottish League to make, make it a kind of Nations League type, I think. I don't know, but the way football is going, 
I think these things are a possibility we might end up in the English League in years to come, but I don't know where all the stuff with Celtic and Rangers, they, I don't think they want it really as much in there as we want it. Um, I, I don't know how Christy thinks of that. Um, I think they probably think Celtic and Rangers support is just going to cause a lot of trouble um, in England. Yeah, probably. I mean, I speak to my mate sometimes and, say, and I say, how do you think they've gone in the Premier League? And then you get the, you know, oh, they'd be in the Championship, they'd get relegated. But they don't understand the size of them two clubs, put them in England with their money. The amount of, the amount of success they'll have is... It would only take them a year and they'd be, I'd say, cracking probably probably top six in a year after after that first year in Premier League. Easy. I mean, you've seen what teams like West Ham, West Ham go. Um, the size of Celtic, just, it just needs that money injection, which would get in, in the Premier League. And people just say, yeah, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, it's a pub league, the big, the big championship, but they don't understand the size. They don't understand. And if you're, you know, if you're one of, the, one of the top young players in the world, and Celtic and Rangers are coming for you, and but then you see that they're playing in Scotland, you're probably going to turn your nose up. When they're playing in England and you're playing the best teams in England, you, you know it's such more attractive, attractive move. So, but yeah, because it's for me, it's, I find it very. I, I try and bite my tongue, especially when it comes to on Facebook and Twitter and match a day, the match a day kind of feeding stuff. I, I bite my tongue when I'm like, you don't understand how big these clubs are. You've got guys supporting like Middlesbrough and Goldchester saying that's a public. I'm like, listen, yeah. Celtic Rangers, as, as we mentioned, we don't like talking about Rangers, but in the day, they're a massive club. They've got a massive infrastructure like us, the fan base. Their fans are passionate. Your fans are passionate. It's you pay as 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 I said before. You pay your money, your season, but all week all you think about is got the game on Saturday, got to Celtic. All you all, all we days of fresh Twitter, Celtic Twitter. It's 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 got everything. They've got everything to be as you mentioned, big 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 clubs down there. But again, some fans might go. I don't want to go there because we're a Scottish club and we just want to be here. But I think if we're going to ever, for me, the, the only way we're going to compete massively, obviously, meanwhile, I've spoken about months ago about changing the structure, maybe copying the Leipzig model or the Ajax model, just changing the difference of how you maybe get your players kind of into the, the pathway of getting into better uh, better clubs and for selling money. But for me, the only way we're going to get better is getting a better income or if somebody from like Dubai or Qatar or Africa takes you over because... I know we've got Dermot Desmond, but he's not going to shove a hundred million pound into Celtic because he knows he's not going to get money back. So I think that's the reason why these big clubs were. But I think in it down south, like yeah, Man City owners, they know they're going to get it back somehow through if it's revenue, if it's through winning the Premier League, if it's uh, if a talk shit they sign, they sign Yaya Touri. How many short sales are they going to get? Fair enough, we sign guys like Nakamura. I'm going to sell. We're going to sell some shops, but it's not going to get your money back that you pay from. No, see, this is the thing with the Premier League as well now. You remember, man, you were the top team in England. They could handpick players for every team in England. When can you see Liverpool going in and stealing the best players out of all the teams or man, you know? There's that much money in England they don't need to sell these players. Jack Grealish just signed a new deal. We asked him for it, 200 grand a week. 
He doesn't need to go to Tottenham and all that. Aye, all right. He might want to go to these teams to win trophies and stuff like that. But it's no guaranteed. But it now becomes, man, you had to pay £80 million for Harry Maguire, who to me is a basic defender. But they need to pay over the odds now. Obviously, yeah. Van Dijk went for seventy-five million. I don't think that was overrode because he's the best player defender in the world, in my opinion. Um, but some of these small teams now in England have got that much money; they don't need to sell players. It, it's it's scary, and that's yeah. how that league is becoming so competitive that you're seeing a Leicester in second place, you're seeing a West Ham up in that position because they're generating that much money. They're holding on to their players that they, they maybe had to sell years ago which then, like, your Andy Coles and Dwight Yorks all went to Man United. Teddy sharing on that. Man United could hand-pick, but now you don't get to see these players practically hand-picked. If these bigger teams, are your Chelsea's or that, have to pay for Ben Chilwell, 60 million, 58 million for players, then they can reinvest that into their, the smaller teams as in Leicester and stuff. Like, Leicester just spent 80 million pound on a youth, um, um, a training ground. We had him in money, and it's one of the most impressive in the world. It looks incredible, and it just shows now the sort of money now in the Premier League is the smaller clubs can go and buy players and go, well, you can stay here in the same money and we can compete, or you can go to a bigger team. But if the bigger team want you, then they're going to have to pay crazy amounts of money. It's mad now that the Premier League's like that, but it's making it a better league, I suppose. It just shows that side of the money. Aye, definitely. Obviously, Christy, you obviously live down south and you see some, yeah. of, the, some of the transfer fees up here, a million pound, two million. See, Celtic signs on three million pound. I'm thinking, like, Tumble, that's a lot of money. But down yeah. south, down south, three million, three million is like three quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three million is probably what the agent gets in a deal. It's, it's crazy money and it's only going to get bigger as well. The Premier League is so big now, worldwide. It's only going to get bigger. Yeah, Did you... Pretty... Sorry to stop you there, Christy. Did you see the Haran's agent, what he was doing today? Oh, in Barcelona? And Real Madrid. Oh, was he? Well, yeah. He'll, he'll speak to everyone, I think, won't he? They reckon that they're speaking to the five big clubs in the world, the agent and his dad, and they're going round the five clubs. And he must this... have the pick of anyone. Yeah, so you think about what what sort of money they'll be demanding and fees and crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I can actually see him. I can actually see him at Man City, to be honest. They're letting Aguero go like they need him anyway, but I think they'll I think they'll push the ball out for him because he's special. Yeah, definitely. We've kind of spoke about before, Christy, like Celtic, how obviously the recruitment's been quite poor this season. It's probably been quite poor for a while, but because we've had a, a good manager in Rodgers the last few years, yeah, it kind of it kind of overshadowed because he improved the players that we had. But we've spoken about before in this the podcast that Celtic maybe need can I make the horizons bigger when it comes to scouting? If it is Scandinavian, if it is going to Africa and scouting these unknown players, like Haaland, Celtic are saying Haaland when he was fifteen. Hadn't sent a scout or it was linked to it got offered to Celtic. I don't know if it, what it was, but I know Celtic's name is rumoured, and I, I don't know how much they were asking. But surely at 15, if Celtic had a proper scout, they went, aye, million pound, we'll get him. There's there's guys yeah. who we've been rumoured to sign before and they've only been absolute belters. Obviously, we know it's all hearsay, we don't know the ins and outs, but 
we, we definitely need to have a better, hopefully, if it is Eddie Howe, and he brings in a full new structure, that the recruitment has got to be better. Because I think I seen a start the other day between Nicky Hammond and Lee Congerton, they've spent £62 million pounds roughly. And for us, Corporate Scotland and Rogers was there for what, two and a half years, three years roughly. Nicky Hammond's been here for about a year and a bit. So within four, four, between four to five years, we've spent £62 million pound in players. And how many successes have we had? Yeah. I don't know how many we've had, really. We've had a lot, but we've probably had... Yeah. Sinclair was a bit of success. Yeah. Edouard's been a success. All ones at the start, really, wasn't it? The, 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 I mean, it summed it up, really, because Rogers, Rogers was after that Castagna and that James Justin, two fullbacks at Leicester. I mean, Castagna was... Castagna would do what and they were wanting big money for him, but he was obviously a top player. And but then that James Justin from Luton, I think it was, they were off, they were after they won't pay five hundred grand or something like that. And he goes to Leicester, I want him and him, give him the money, and then look at them they're flying. So that like I say, if, if if Eddie Howe comes in, he needs to be backed and he needs to be trusted with his players as well. I don't want to I don't want to see Eddie Howe wants this and you end up with someone that they never wanted, you know what I mean? That just uh, echoes the Tony deal. Yeah. <laughs> I know that, that deal's still, people Why are not? saying, people are saying forget about it, but as a fan, how can you forget about, maybe you had you had the, the chance to sign a guy for, whatever, yeah. maybe, maybe the same amount of money for your Yeti, and he's, people are saying, yeah. I, the Pookie done well in the championship, he went to Premier League, he was poor, but the championship is maybe the, maybe the, it's not the equivalent of quality the SBL, but you can get some decent players. Obviously, I've seen the guy Liam Shaw. But I yeah. don't know if you know anything about Christie at Sheffield Wednesday, but I, I don't know anything about the guy. So he's coming here to really impress us fans. Again, the thing is really, if it has got to be Eddie Howe, right, is Eddie Howe known about he's getting this for a few months and he's scouted Liam Shaw? Because obviously, Nicky Hammond's left. So who's yeah. who's scouting these players when you, when you look at a, a guy at the head of the football? Yeah, I don't know. Going back to Tony as well, you're probably not going to want to hear this, but watched him. He was at Peterborough. I was watching him the Peterborough play Blackpool, and oh my god, he was some player. The best. He was the best player I'd seen that year by far. Absolutely, I know it's League One standard, but when I seen Celtic were were after him, he was like because obviously when you see players on the telly, they're um, there's so much different. When you see him in the fashion, he was like six foot four. It looks quite skinny when you see him on pictures, but he was massive. And um, when I when I found out that Celtic weren't going to pay the money for him, I was so disappointed because he was some player. I know that's probably not what you're going to hear, but he was some player. And and they, to be to be fair, they were wanting close to ten million, and he was a League One player, so I could sort of see why they didn't want to pay that sort of money. But I mean, look at him now; he's probably going to be destined to the Premier League as well, isn't he? Yeah, so. definitely. I, I think that's... He's going to definitely go to... There was links, yeah. supposedly, Arsenal and all that, and he's not going to go for £10 million. Now that might be £10 million for his right leg, so it's going to be... Again, I'm, I'm excited about... If it is, Eddie Howe, if we do end up with somebody who we don't want, but I'm excited just about a new structure. Um Again, we've been banging on about a new structure since we're about September time and after kind of Fenris Faros game um, and about the Champions League, we we spoke about how we need to just we need to stick things back and the managers go to go and some fans were speaking with it, but me and Robert been bang, bang on about it for months how we need to change the structure and yeah. 
No, I think we can gradually see it all, but it is maybe a, a slow pace, but I think some fans need to understand these things do take time, and if we need to get it right, we need to take time. And if it does take to the morrow, next week, then we just need to be patient and hopefully the Dermot Desmond and Don McKay obviously get it done properly. It's now looking that way that you're starting to see stuff is happening and we're getting wee snippets and bits of it. Um, these talks could have been going on for six weeks, seven weeks. We don't know because everything's hush-hush. Everything's done in London and Dermot Desmond's fancy house in London and they have all these meetings and you hear players talking about it and managers about how the day meet and that's that where they go to is London because mm-hmm. there's no press and that down there really to follow them about and stuff. So, as we said, this could have been going for six, seven weeks and maybe they have and maybe they're just waiting for final details to get ironed out before they go, right, blah, 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 this is that, and release it to the press and the fans. But they held back on the season books, which tell me they've obviously been in contact with, now looks like Eddie Howe is the man. They've now just got rid of Nick Hammond, who was a fucking scout, which tells me Eddie Howe wants his own guy in. And this is all just to get ironed out. And I think it's probably a matter of days away from being complete and the full package of what we're going to see and what we're going to be left with. So it's exciting. Aye. Uh, for me, it's exciting because um, I've banged on about Eddie Howe for a long time now. I might have banged on it too much with the podcast, but me generally and can I, in general, people, Celtic fans, I've said, I think, again, if he comes and fails, I'll, I'll have egg in my face because I've banged on about him, but I generally think he'll, he'll transform us. No, I'm not saying he's got about Rodgers, but he's that somewhat ultra Rodgers, fresh ideas, as you, as you mentioned, Christy, somebody exciting, attacking play. Um, and obviously, the last wee bit, Christy, what's your thoughts on obviously this season as a whole and obviously the future? Obviously, if how he comes in, what would you maybe expect the summer? Can I take a rebuild to happen? On about this season, how, how long have we got? <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's. I was speaking to my dad the other day, and someone said, "If if someone if someone had gone and got a big piece of paper and said, this is what happens this year to Celtic,' and just written down everything, you'd have gone, no, not a chance, not a chance. It's like everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong, um, and you know you can blame it on." Covid or fans, uh, I think it's probably not a not a fair one because other teams are doing it. Uh, I mean, they shot themselves in the foot so many times; it was, it was embarrassing. The, the only the only shining light was players like Turnbull and Sorrow coming coming into it um, too late, coming into it, but still getting a chance. And hopefully, them two, especially, are, are two players that are. Right in the core of Celtic next year because they've been the only ones that I can say I've been impressed with. Aye, I think we've spoken about it, Robert, that people might be bored of fans and other podcasts and ourselves talking about Tumble, but I'm surprised again how he's known the, how he how he in the squad for Scotland. Again, Steve Clark says he's man for the future. Well, if that's if that's what you think about him, get him in the new, know the future. Um and for me, I think he's going to be somebody we need to build a team around coming up at the end of the season. I've still got a Scottish Cup to play for, which is in Fall Cup Saturday. Again, I think we'll win. I think oh, people will say it could be an upset. I don't want to be an upset. I think it'll be a formality. We just need to try and get the game done and just kind of move on to the end of the season. And obviously, 
the new manager of what could be announced by then, so it could give the players something today, uh, something today, something to think about. How 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 will he play performance wise? It might give him a wee lift, and it could be a it could be a quite going over for Falkirk, especially with the a kind of as you say, the freshness, the ideas. I never know how if he has been to see he could have a wee birthday candy. Aye, um, aye, I don't think Falkirk on what League One or something. Um, I think it would just be a comfortable three 0 win. Um, there's one boy that um, it's quietly went about his business this season. Um, and I don't think he takes a lot of limelight in the boy Welsh. Um, I think he's been actually one of the signing lights as well, Welsh. Um, I don't think he's anything spectacular, but he goes about his business well. And him and I are seem to have a decent enough partnership. Um, one thing I hope the manager comes in and sorts out is fucking defending crossbows and our boats <laughs> with owner, a free kick or a standing cross at just I mean, we'll go back to the, the Rangers game. There was nobody on the post. How many times have we conceded with nobody on the post and nobody marking at corners? That, to me, just... That's happened all season. And I think the start I read was 43% of Celtic's goal this season have came for crosses. I don't know what it takes to coach players of a higher standard but for fuck's sake does it not take somebody to say I'm taking responsibility and going to go and meet a ball and he did it as high up apart as I possibly can I don't know how players need to be coached on that I, I, I don't get it Even the worst the, bit about that as well the worst bit sorry to interrupt no no that, no, was, that was going to be Shane Duffy Shane Duffy was the man to, to win everything in the air the no nonsense defender and obviously seems to get worse when, when he was in the team. So, yeah, yeah like I said, it's the shambles. They're just weak as piss. Yeah. Corners. I, I, don't, I, I honestly don't understand it. We need a couple of strong mentality men in there, I think. Mm. I think the team lacks in that without Brown. And obviously he's played some games, but there's no players of that ache anymore. That yeah. like to be strong and fling their head with a head where it hurts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously yeah, yeah. and that, but we've got to remember that guy's dad died and stuff and he has yeah. probably he has had a lot of stuff happened and he, he's probably not played the way he wanted to play and he's probably grieving as such as well. So we just need I reckon if Eddie Howe comes in, he will know players down there that can do the basic stuff right. And I think sometimes as a defender, we want to have this big sulky playing fucking Van Dyke. We always love that. But sometimes just doing the basics right is all you need to do in football, especially as a defender. And I think that's what we maybe we lacked this season, a bit of basics back and things like that. You know what I mean? But we'll just see in the what the future's holding on that one. Uh, it's, it's been a whirlwind season, as you both says. Um, for me, there's been no way positive. I, as you say, Christie's maybe been tumble and sorrow, and obviously, uh, well, but um, I just hope, obviously, there's a lot of expectation now that he's going to get announced. Um, I hope the lot is they'll get egg in their face because we're all spoken about him how, how's, how, how hot Glasgow is, how this, how that. <laughs> so um, we've put all the still game memes out. We've been fun it, so I just hope <laughs> we, 
for our sake, and I think just for Celtic's sake, I think we get the deal done because I think obviously I think Dom McKay's been involved in it. People saying he wasn't yeah. involved in it. We all knew he was going to be involved somehow because Lawwell's leaving, so Lawwell can be involved in it. Um, obviously, we don't know if Fergal Hagen's going to come in. He's rumoured to come in his DOF again. We'll just need to wait, uh, wait, wait that out and see. But again, Robert, Christy, thanks for your time, boys. And hopefully, how is announced soon? Hopefully, for your sake and some of the fancy. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Boys. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.